Because walking the aisle is a part of what we do as Baptists. It's been exciting these last few weeks as we have seen folks coming to join our church. Wonderful people who are going to be a, a great addition to First Baptist Church. But it all starts with that decision. Maybe as Miss Kristen was talking about a while ago, it's a decision to trust Jesus as Savior. Maybe it's a decision that God is leading you to become a member of First Baptist Church and you want to join because you love what God is doing in this place. Maybe God is dealing with you, dealing with you about something specific in your life spiritually and you just need to make that dedication to Christ or you need other people to pray for you and you have this sense that God just wants you to come to the front and to do a rededication of your life to Jesus Christ. There are a lot of reasons to walk the aisle. But that's part of what we do together as a church. It's the way a lot of Baptist churches have folks who become a member of who we are. The end of the service comes. The invitation is given. We're singing a song together. And you're invited to walk the aisle and come become a part of what God is doing at this church. And You know, over the years, I've had a lot of people ask me, why do we do things that way? Why is it that Baptists have this big... Uh, this, this emphasis on walking the aisle, on if you're going to make a decision for Christ and you want to be baptized, you walk the aisle. If you're going to become a part of the church, you walk the aisle. If you have a decision you need to make in your life, you walk the aisle. Why do you do it that way? Why not just let people sign a card and join the church? Why not let salvation be a private matter between a believer and the pastor? Why does it have to be so public? After all, it can be a little intimidating. It can be a little frightening. It can be challenging to step out in front of all of these people and join the church. After all, there's not a single place in the Bible where people are described as walking the aisle. Some of that is because there's not a single place in the Bible where a church building exists. So why do we do it that way? And I've talked to so many people about this issue, but I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody preach a sermon about walking the aisle. Why do you need to do that? Is there any reason to require a public stand? Is there some benefit that comes from stepping forward for Christ? And so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to answer that question, why should I walk the aisle? And to find the answer, I want to invite you to go with me to the temple in Jerusalem just a few weeks after the death of, and resurrection of Christ. The apostles and other disciples have spent that time in hiding and in prayer. They recognize that it's a dangerous time to have your name uh, to be associated with Jesus Christ. After all, he's just been crucified. Believers have been warned that they might face death. They'll certainly be put out of the temple. There'll be a price to pay if you take a stand for Jesus. The Lord had given them a great commission, but they lacked the wisdom and they lacked the courage to do anything about it. And then came Pentecost. The Lord sent the Holy Spirit to indwell and empower his people to fulfill the challenge. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. 
And they spilled out into the street sharing Christ in the languages of all the people who had come to Jerusalem from all over the world. And for the first time, you saw Christians taking a public stand, identifying themselves with Jesus. The climax of the day was Peter, who stood with the other, uh, other uh, ten apostles and preached the first gospel message to the crowds that had gathered. We read it together just a few moments ago. And Acts 2, 41, uh, 40 and 41 describes what happened at the end of that message. It says, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. On that day, the first time that the church took a public stand and said, we belong to Jesus the Lord poured out his Holy Spirit and lives were changed. Don't miss the amazing thing that had just happened. People made a public decision for Christ. Knowing that some would reject them, recognizing it might be a dangerous thing, realizing it might not be a very comfortable thing to stand up in front of other people, they took a public stand Jesus and that's why we walk the aisle not to follow the rules that somebody set not because you just want to join the church the invitation is an invitation to take a stand for Jesus Christ so let me share what you're doing when you walk the aisle why should I walk the aisle well let me give you a few reasons that we find in the book of Acts. The first thing is this. You walk the aisle because it is a spiritual response to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Walking the aisle is a personal, spiritual decision. It is something you do when you respond to the Lord speaking to you in the depths of your heart. It is when you know the Lord is moving in you. Almost the way we heard just a few moments ago in our children's message. And I have to be honest, when Kristen got done a while ago, Brandon, I leaned over to Judith and said, maybe we don't need a sermon today. And Larry and Mary, who are going to be leaving for the beach after the service, said, amen. <laughs> but it is that way, isn't it? You don't hear an audible voice, not usually. But that time comes when the Lord wants you to receive Jesus as Savior. That time comes when you recognize God wants to do something uh, incredibly spiritual in your life. And that day comes when you recognize as a new believer, it's not enough for me to just trust him. I need to take a stand for him. I need to be baptized in his name. Or you're sitting there and you recognize God wants me to plant myself in this church. I want to serve him here. I want to follow him here. And you know this is what the Lord wants me to do. Here's the thing. When that time comes and when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with your life and when you recognize that's what you need to do, you don't wonder about it. You know that's what God wants me to do. And it's something you do when the Lord is moving in your heart of hearts. The most important word in that phrase that we see on the screen this morning is the word personal. It is a personal decision. 
God deals with individuals individually. And he lets you know, today is the day when you trust me as Savior. Today is the day when you take a stand for me. Today is the day when you say, it's time for me to be baptized. Today is the day when you say, I want to be part of that church. Today is the day when the Lord wants me to take a step for him. And all you have to decide is, will I obey? It is a personal decision. It's not something that a group of people make together. That's why we don't have a join the church day where we just bring everybody forward that needs to join the church. When the, time is, when the right time has come, then the Lord moves in your heart. The right time to come is when you are convicted by the Holy Spirit. You know what? Here's the thing. When you walk the aisle, this is the thing you, you never do. You never say, well, what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? What are they going to do? It really doesn't matter about anybody else. It's all about you. What is God saying to you? And you know what God wants you to do. And you move when the Lord tells you to move. And no other time. There's never a time when somebody else should tell you what God wants you to do in your life. You know, when I was growing up in church, I grew up under the preaching for several years of someone I would just have to say was a master manipulator. A master manipulator. When he wanted a crowd at the altar, he knew just the buttons of guilt or fear or shame to push that would just draw people out of their seats. I, I tell people, I look back on those years when I was just coming through development, and, and, I, and I remember those messages where it was almost like, if you don't want your grandmother to die, you come to the front of the church. If you want your puppy to still be there when you get home, you come to the front of the church. You come. I will compel you to come. Those were terrible days. But they were wonderful days as well. You know why they were wonderful days? Because that's when my parents taught me, you only move when the Lord Jesus tells you to move. You don't do what pleases somebody else. You do what God is telling you to do. And that's one of the reasons that I offer an invitation the way I do. I don't do a dramatic invitation time. You know what I think the Lord is telling me to do? He's telling me, tell people what God wants them to know and get out of the way so God can do his work. Tell people what they need to know and then let the Holy Spirit take it from there. And then when someone comes, that person knows beyond the shadow of a doubt, the Lord told me to do this. It's all God. I can't tell you when to walk the aisle. I can't say when you're this particular age or when you've reached this particular station in life or when you understand these particular things. What I can tell you is this. If the Lord deals with you, don't fight him. When you know it's him, you let him have his way in your life. 
Then the Bible tells us this. You walk the aisle because it's an act of identification. It happens before every ball game. You're invited to stand for the uh, playing of the national anthem. Nobody tells you what to do, but people know. Stop talking. Stand up. Men, remove your hats. You may place your hand over your hearts, and often people will join in singing together. Why is that? It is an act of identification. When we sing or when we hear the national anthem, it reminds us we are all Americans. And this is how Americans identify with their nation. And in the same way, the Bible says, the 3,000 who believed and were baptized that day were taking a stand. Remember, up until this point, everybody was afraid to be associated with Jesus. And all of a sudden, God began to move. He began to speak to hearts individually and personally. And 3,000 people took a stand for Jesus Christ. They stepped out of the crowd and they said, I am a Christian. No matter what price I may have to pay, I choose Jesus. No matter what other people around me may decide to do, I choose Jesus. I will follow him and I will be identified with his name. The same way when we walk the aisle, we're saying to everyone around us, I choose Jesus. When you trust Christ as Savior, then you are saved. There's nothing about walking toward this aisle and taking a stand in front of the church that's going to do any more saving work than you've already experienced. Once you have prayed that prayer, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know Christ died for me, and I know he rose again that I might have everlasting life. And today I invite him into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Grant me everlasting life. I trust you, Jesus. Amen. When you pray that prayer, everything is finished as far as salvation is concerned. And there's no saving power in walking that aisle. But you know what there is? There is the power of testimony that says, and now I'm ready to let other people know I've trusted Jesus as my Savior, and I'm not afraid to take a bold stand for him. Which is why I'm able to say to folks the same thing that other people have said to people for years and years and years. When you take that stand for Christ, there may be that point where you're very nervous and that point where you're really kind of afraid to step out because after all, people are going to be looking and they're going to be seeing and but you know, I've, I've, I've always said, and it's always been true, but you take that first step and you discover that the Lord is with you the rest of the way. And God will do what only God can do. We say, I choose him. I will serve him through his church. And when I serve his church, it will be in this particular church where God has called me. I take my stand. I'm not ashamed. And then we walk the aisle because it's an act of fellowship. Don't miss what the Bible says about these, three, these new believers. It says 3,000 souls were added 
to them. They became part of the church. They were added to those who were already believers. They became part of the fellowship of faith. And then see what happened next. It says, and then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and of prayers. In other words, they got involved in the life of the church in all of its different ways of believing, whether it was worship, whether it was fellowship, whether it was praying, whether it was serving, they became part of what God was doing. They didn't stand on the sidelines. They became part of that fellowship. And those who were already believers did not say to those new believers, okay, maybe the day will come when you'll be one of us, but we're going to watch you for a while, and we're going to examine you for a while, and we're going to decide whether you're worthy to be one of us, and then we'll make that decision. Instead, they welcomed them into the fellowship of faith because that's part of what walking the aisle is all about. It's about becoming part of the family. When you walk the aisle, whether it's uh, for the uh, first-time faith or to become a member of this church, what you're saying is this. God has led me here, and I want to be part of what you are doing. God has led me to this place, and I want to be part of it. It's an action that says, count me in. It's not so much about membership as it is about fellowship. I want to be part of this local fellowship of faith. It's saying I want to worship here. I want to serve God here. I want people to know this is my church family. One of my favorite sounds in the world is our church after the service is over on Sunday morning or down in the fellowship hall on Wednesday night. When you hear the sound of God's people fellowshipping together. I really don't know who made the decision that that lobby out front should be as big as it is. But what a blessing that has been. Because that's that place where when the service is over, you get to, uh, to stop and to fellowship together. To talk with one another. This is a great church. This is a fellowshipping church, isn't it? I love the sound of our people fellowshipping together. I have told people often about this particular church. I've said, you know, the thing is, if we got into the middle of the service and somebody rushed into this sanctuary and said, fire, fire, there's fire in the building, we would all get up and we would run to the lobby. And then we would stop and we would go, oh, so did you see the fire? No, I didn't see the fire. You ever seen a fire before? No, but I bet it's going to be a good fire. We need to hang around and watch the fire. (laughs) I'm not sure we will get much further than that until the smoke found its way to us. Fellowshipping is so important. Being part of what God is doing in the midst of a, of a church. That's one of the things I love. You know, one of the things I love, I'm going to commend our Sanford folks in a minute. I love the fact that in a couple of weeks when we do trunk or treat, we're going to see cars from Sanford students that are out there being part of what God is doing. And that's always exciting to me because that's being part of the fellowship. I love this church. When I gather with other pastors, I like to tell them I'm the pastor of First Baptist Birmingham because I believe in what God is doing in and through this church family. Walking the aisle is an act of fellowship. 
And then one last thing I want to tell you. In walking the aisle is an expression of surrender. It is letting the Lord have his way in our lives. It is saying to God, your will be done. It's no coincidence that most of our invitation hymns are all about surrender. Just as I am, I come, I come. Have thine own way, Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. I surrender all. Those hymns are all about letting go and letting God have his way. Because you know the truth is when an invitation is offered there are always plenty of reasons not to respond. You can always find an explanation for why today I've decided I'm not going to walk an aisle. You may say to yourself I can be just as good a Christian without doing this. You may tell yourself it's just an emotional thing. It will pass. You may tell yourself, if I do this, people are going to talk. You may say to yourself, I'll do it, but I'll do it another time, just not today. There, it's, a, it's easy to hold out until the music fades and the pressure is off. But you know what? The truth is, you don't have to come. Nobody's going to ever take you by the hand and try to drag you to the front of the sanctuary. It's all about trust. There's really only one good reason to step out and to walk the aisle, and that is because Jesus is dealing with your heart. And you know, if I'm going to obey him, this is what I need to do. Because you want to please him, because you're ready to surrender, then you trust the Lord. It's not a salvation choice. It's not a membership choice. It really is a surrender choice. Lord, have your way. I trust you. I obey you. This morning I look out in a room full of folks who have made that decision, who have walked these aisles. Some of you walked these aisles when you were children, and that decision has been a decision forever, just like we heard about with our kids a while ago. Some of you have been part of this church for a long, long time. I look around this room, and I see those who have walked the aisle since I've been here as your pastor over the last nine years. Some of you have joined in just the very recent past. All of you made the same decision. This is what God wants me to do. I surrender. But I have to ask the question this morning, is there someone here who still needs to make that choice? Who still needs to surrender to Jesus? Maybe you're here and you're not a believer. You've never accepted Christ. And maybe today is the day when you need to know him. In a minute when we stand and sing, you're welcome to walk these aisles and come to the front, and I'll be glad to introduce you to Jesus.
Some may be here and you believe you're a, you're a follower of Christ, but you've never taken that public stand. You've never said boldly before the world, Jesus is my Savior, but today I take my stand for him. Or maybe you're here and God is calling you to be part of this fellowship and you recognize, you know, the Lord wants me to be a member of this fellowship. He wants me to plant my life and serve him here. And I'm coming because that's what he's telling me to do. Maybe there's another decision. It may be that there's something in your heart of hearts and nobody around you knows what it is, but you know and the Lord knows and you know he wants you to take a step of rededication. Maybe there's something else. Is there a reason today that God is calling you to walk these aisles? We're going to stand. We're going to sing. As the Lord speaks to you, you come. Let's stand together. God's house and before we leave today I realize we missed something a while ago Jim do we have that photograph that we can show we need a congratulations from this past Thursday morning we congratulate Nathan and Lindsay Lyon John Mark and Ella Glenn in the birth 
of their son Samuel. And we're so excited about them, Samuel Lamar. And uh, so we're excited about them. We want to share that time. And you just want to let them know how proud you are of what God has done for their family and in their lives. So we welcome Samuel into the world. Let's bow together now for a final prayer. And then we'll be dismissed with the last song. Father, we do thank you that you call us. And you call us personally. And you call us into fellowship. And you call us into service. And you call us into worship. And you call us, Lord, to do it all together as we become part of your church. We love you, Father, and we praise you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.